Hiya, folks. It's time to put your mouse ears on for the Mouse Ears Podcast with Brooks, Kara, Kelton, and Steph, where we discuss all things travel, but mostly Disney. Brought to you by Fairytale Journeys Travel. Welcome to another episode of the Mouse Ears podcast. Uh, I'm going to introduce myself this time because usually I don't. My name is Kelton. I am back from vacation as per the last episode. So it's really nice to be back with everybody. And tonight I'm actually outnumbered. It is me, myself, and I, and three lovely other ladies as well. Uh, Brooks had to step out tonight. He had a couple of things that needed to get done. So I am holding it down, you know, being the only man in this one. But that's okay, because we've got a great topic tonight that we will get into in just a little bit. Uh, But let me go around the room here and introduce the lovely ladies that I am with. Uh, We've got our two other great co-hosts. we got Kara. From the Northeast, Kara. Hello. Hi. Hi there. You meant you were outnumbered in the best way possible, right? You know, there is no other way. <laughs> there right. is no other way. Uh, we've we've got our resident, Florida resident for the podcast, Steph. How are you? Happy to be here, Kelton. Happy to be that's, here. <laughs> that's always great. And we have a special guest host with us tonight as well. We have Rachel Turley, who is also a Fairytale Journeys travel agent. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. Hello. Very good. So you guys are probably asking, what what's the topic for tonight? Well, Rachel is on tonight because she just got back from what I think is a uh, maybe I don't I don't know what I think. It, it's a very big European Bucket Disney list. trip. I mean, it is just shy of that uh, Adventures by Disney where you have your own plane and go around, Ooh. you know, the globe to all. Like, it is just shy of that. But Rachel did, uh, she ended up visiting Disneyland Paris. Yes. So we are going to be talking about that tonight. Uh, bef- Rachel, before we get into uh, your trip and kind of everything you did over there, because I haven't been. Uh, I know, Carrie, you said you had booked a couple of people a couple yeah, times. Yeah, to... I've booked a few trips over there. I have not gotten the chance to go myself yet. And I haven't had a chance to book any. And Steph, uh, have you had a chance to book any clients yet? haven't booked anyone but i've had a few quote requests so i'm hoping to have my first client going to disneyland paris real soon if not myself of course <laughs> that i know if we could just if we could get suzanne to just you know do a you know a fam trip over to disney disneyland paris that would be <laughs> that would be a lot of fun epic um epic it, it would be so so rachel you're kind of I mean, you're going to be the star of the show on this one. But before we get to your trip, uh, does somebody let's go over kind of the just do a brief history 
of what Disneyland Paris is. Uh, Steph, what can you what can you tell us about Disneyland Paris? So Disneyland Paris was actually the brainchild of ex-CEO of the Walt Disney Company, Michael Eisner. Um, the original plans, uh, the signing of the paperwork and getting the ball rolling for this theme park in Europe uh, actually began in 1987, but the doors officially opened to guests in 1992. Um, what's interesting is that it was not originally Disneyland Paris. Um, it began as being Euro Disney. Uh, with with Disney, there's always growth and there's always changes um, and improvements. And eventually that's how we got Disneyland Resort Paris in 1994, just two years after Euro Disney opened its doors, which is really interesting. And just last year in 2022, uh, Disneyland Paris celebrated their 30 years of magic. They have their own shows over there. They opened Avengers Campus. There's a lot of hype around that. So for our listeners who are big Marvel fans, we'll be definitely talking about that today. So stay tuned. And as well, um, the cool thing too about you know Disneyland Paris, it's, it actually has two parks. It's not just Disneyland. Uh, what is it called? It's not just Disneyland Paris. La Disneyland Resort Paris. <laughs> um, it is also, let me see my notes Walt over Disney here. Studios Park. Thank you. This is why you're a guest and not me. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been, so it's not always fresh in my mind. But that's basically a little overview of uh, Disneyland Paris to get us started on tonight's episode. And if you've been listening to us since episode zero, you know that this has been something that we have been really, really, really excited to talk about at some point in the course of our podcast life. So Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. We're super, super stoked and we're excited to hear about what tips and recommendations and everything that you have to share with us and our wonderful audience. Yes. Well, uh, with that, Rachel, go ahead. I mean, let's kick it off. Um, so we've all booked Walt Disney World, Disneyland, is the book? How's the booking process? What are the differences from Walt Disney World to uh, to Disneyland Resort Paris? Uh, kind of give us the rundown on that. Sorry, I was just trying to figure out my mic for you guys. And am I loud enough? I'm, can you guys hear me? Okay, I'm yeah, on a computer. Yeah. This is my first time doing this. Mm -hmm. We are newbies. We are we are trying. Um, so I'm so sorry, Kelton. I was totally not paying attention. Um, say that. One no, that's more okay. Time. So the booking process. Mm -hmm. Tell us, you know, kind of going through what was there anything different than like yeah. if you know you're booking uh, yourself. So you are the client mm -hmm. that you know. What's the booking process like? You know, for yes. Disneyland Resort Paris. Yes. So when booking Disneyland Paris, you are going to be booking directly with Disneyland Paris through either a fairy tale journey agent. Um, after looking at stuff online and kind of figuring out what you want to do, I feel like just like any of the other theme parks, there's plenty of information and resources online to browse at. Um, but working with a fairy tale journeys agent is going to help get you going a little faster because um, you do have to book on the phone. Um, which is a different process um, than in the States. It's a little bit 
little bit different. You work on Paris time, so the hours are different. Um, and yeah, yeah, and they're like they're like seven hours of, ahead of us, so plus yeah. seven, so yeah, yeah. So gotta I get up early on the phone <laughs> early. I think I want to say it's as early as four a.m. Eastern that we can um, chat with them on the phone. So it is okay. bright and early. <laughs> I could be wrong on that. I'm trying to recall. Um, I do not call it 4 a.m. Um, <laughs> I, I think you're right later. about the time, though, because I think it's yeah. like from 4 to 2 p.m. So you have to technically yeah. call earlier in the morning for for us uh, here in the United States. Yes. You yes. can actually so call have- 3.15 a.m. Their hours are 3.15 a.m. to 2.45 p.m. Look at that. So early. But that is definitely the way to start um, on the travel agent end. So me booking my own trip, I worked with them directly on kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. This had been a dream trip for me for years. I was trying to go in 2020. I actually had it booked in 2020 um, in May, (laughs) which did not work out, obviously, um, due to COVID. But um, I tried a couple times and I finally, finally got myself there. So, um, so yeah, the booking process, you know, you really want to talk to an agent and talk about your hotel options, um, and have us, you know, we're, we're going to go over a lot of this today. So hopefully mm-hmm. anyone listening will have a better idea of how this process works. Um, but the packages are structured different. The dining plans are different. The fast passes are different. Really everything kind of mirrors what you might be used to with Disney World or Disneyland um, here in the States, but um, with a little bit of a twist. So, Well, that's always good. So for everybody that's listened, I mean, there are two things we like to talk about, food and transportation. We'll get to the food (laughs) in a second, but I am all about transportation. So, well, first off, if we're flying in from the States, uh, where are we flying to? We flying into what is it, uh, Charles uh, de Gaulle or something like uh, yeah, somewhere around there. So, so you have two options actually. Oh, okay. So Charles de Gaulle is definitely, I think, where most people will fly into. It seems mm-hmm. to be the larger of the airports, and you can get more flights from the states there. Um, but I believe it's pronounced Orly is the other airport that um, people tend to fly into as well. And Disney does offer transportation from both of those using the magical shuttle wish we had it here (laughs) yes yes oh my goodness now you do have to pay for it it's not a free service um but it is definitely fair for how far of a journey it is if you were flying into these airports i'm Mm -hmm. trying to recall i believe it was around an hour and 20 minutes ballpark um to get from the airport to the resorts um, and you do have to pay per direction per adult. It's around $24 each way. Well, I should say it's euros, 24 euros. So that dollar conversion is a little different. Still um, sounds fair. <laughs> yes, More than fair. Yeah. For how far it is, it definitely is. And yeah. the buses are very comfortable. You got a coach bus. Um, they even had chargers, actually, which was really nice. Um, hmm. So a comfortable way ride. Way to go, Europe. Yes. Love that. Um, but yeah, so when um, you arrive at the airport, you have to um, get to the magical shuttle station. Now, I will say um, Charles de Gaulle was a very large airport to navigate. So that is something that if you book with your 
fairy tale journeys agent, we can help give you directions in advance on which way to go, because depending on which terminal you get into, you need to be able to direct yourself to that area. So um, I actually have very detailed directions um, that I wrote down myself, and I will be definitely sharing those with my clients in the future. And I'm really glad I got to see how tricky that was, because that was not something I expected. Um, That airport is just very large. So um, once you're there, um, there is a desk at the Magical Shuttle Station inside. You do not have to go to that desk, which is cool. You just go right outside to the bus as long as you have pre-booked the Magical Shuttle. So you can bypass that, just walk straight out. And it actually runs on set times. So you can look at the um, schedule in advance. Again, that's something that we can help you with and show you roughly the times that you'd be waiting. Usually it's anywhere from 20 to 80 minutes. So it could be a while depending on what time of day you come in um, before that shuttle gets there. Um, And I'm sure you could wait inside. We were waiting outside with um, a whole bunch of people, all very excited to get to the park. Um, And something else I thought was interesting is when the bus finally did pull up, they don't help you with your luggage. So be prepared Mm -hmm. to put your luggage onto the bus yourself. And also when you get to your resort, you're going to be pulling it off yourself as well. So they're a little more hands off than what what you're saying is pack light. Yeah. (laughs) Because that suitcase can get very heavy. Yes. All the Mickey ears. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah just wear them on the plane that's all you gotta do true yeah you know just wear them on the plane that's what kenny did when we came back just put them on the plane no big deal oh adorable um, so a bit of a different process than you know disneyland and walt disney world um so you got the bus you so you get there you yes. get to you know disneyland paris what next? So you get what dropped yeah. off at your hotel type of thing? Hold on. I got to ask. We got purple gates here at Walt Disney World in Orlando. Is there <laughs> any like entrance like, oh my God, we finally made it. Is there a That's bubble? A great question. I did not <laughs> see those. I don't think I did. I'm trying to think now. I'm thinking back and I don't think I did. I remember seeing little signs like at okay. Rabbit <laughs> but oh my gosh and like orlando which That's i feel funny. like it's very reminiscent of like how disneyland in california is it kind of just appears which would make sense it yeah. would make sense but figure out ask because that's yeah. the first thing you know i feel like after an hour and a half or whatever the length may be you're like now you're just antsy to get in so it's like okay is there anything that's like oh my god we finally made it or is it just here's your hotel get your luggage have fun yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And the hype was real on the bus in general. I think everybody's just excited to get there. But yeah, no grand reveal, I think, on this one. So don't be expecting that. <laughs> was the bus busy? Like, were there a lot of people going to Disneyland Paris? Good question. On my particular bus, uh, which we arrived, hmm, trying to think, maybe late morning? It wasn't too late in the day, but late enough that, you know, it wasn't the crack of dawn. Um, I think we probably had maybe like three quarters of the bus full. So it was pretty full, but not packed. Didn't feel overwhelming. Um, Like I said, I think because there's so many bus times and people come in at so many times. And not only that, but a lot of people don't necessarily come in from a plane to go to Disneyland Paris. A lot of people are coming from the city. So we will definitely talk about that in a bit. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about how the trains work at Disneyland Paris. But um, 
but yeah, so it's not, it's not quite like Orlando where pretty much everyone is either flying or driving in. You have people coming from all sorts of places around Europe when they come to Disneyland Paris. That's all. So what time of year was this that you went? I know it was re- not too long ago, but. Yes, this was summer. We were there. Um, okay. So we actually got off a Disney cruise. So I have to think on this timeline because it was a very long trip. We were gone for two and a half weeks. Well, that's long for me. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I felt like I was gone forever. Yeah. Um, we set sail towards the end of July. So yeah, it was um, the beginning of August that we were there. So Okay. So the, you have some some crowds from just people traveling still from the summer. Okay. That's good to know. And yet it still wasn't super packed, at least not on the bus. So yes. just something to keep in mind. That's very interesting. Please proceed. <laughs> yes. So, well, once you get there, we're at hotels, right? So Disneyland Paris has right now about seven hotels that are really, it's six on property, seven if you include um, the wild card. But they also have good neighbor style hotels. They call them partner hotels nearby. Um, but your main ones um, are kind of in different categories than also we're used to in the States with the U.S. parks. They rank them by star ratings, actually. So you have the Disneyland Paris Hotel, which is, I would say, the most iconic. Um, you have right at the beginning of the park entrance, everyone actually walks underneath of the Disneyland Hotel to get into the park. So it feels really special, even if you're not staying there, because you're just like, ooh, like, you know, it's a grand entrance. That's your grand entrance stuff. There you go. <laughs> that's the grand entrance. Um, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> Give me the is- oohs and the ahs. <laughs> yes. That is our five-star hotel at Disneyland Paris. That is the only five-star and it deserves that title. Um, right now, it's actually been closed down since the start of 2020. They have been doing a giant renovation there, which I was very sad about. I was supposed to stay there in 2020 and uh, was not able to because it's still not open. But it is opening January of 2024, so only a few more months away. And it is going to be beautiful. I highly recommend you Google those photos if you have not seen them. Um, the rooms are stunning. It reminds me very much of the Grand Floridian very luxurious but modern at the same time with the new renovation so i also saw from the pictures and from what i've read up on it too the amount of artwork that they're putting in is like above and beyond to any other park so it's like walking through a museum quite literally (laughs) i love that i'm excited i'm excited to one day be able to see it for myself agreed i gotta go back Uh, perfect excuse perfect excuse (laughs) okay so then you also have the hotel new york um, which is the art of marvel hotel this is the newest renovated hotel over in disneyland paris which is also very close to the park so it's not right at the entrance um, but it is about a 10 minute walk Um, i did recently actually have a client stay there um, and i wanted to bring them up too because um, they have a son who's in a wheelchair and they had such an amazing experience staying there. They did walk to the parks like every day. With that 10-minute walk, it was totally doable for them, um, even in their situation. So um, they raved about that resort hotel so much. Um, they loved it. They said it was beautiful. And not everyone in their family was Marvel fans. Um, the dad was a big Marvel fan, and he loved it. Um, but just the convenience and the amenities that that resort offers. It is a four-star mm-hmm hotel 
the art of Marvel. So pretty darn close to the Disneyland status. So next up, Newport Bay. This is another four-star hotel. And this one looks a lot like the Yacht Club. If you guys have been to Yacht Club and Disney World, very similar decor-wise. Definitely not as new, not as updated, but still beautiful within its own right. Just a really fun resort. It has a club-level option there, which is really great as well. Club-level amenities, you know, included breakfast. You got your concierge, lots of perks to staying in a club-level room. But they also have standard rooms there as well, um, if that is not your jam. Um, But that's about a 15-minute walk away. So also very close. Um, Going down the list here, we have the Hotel Cheyenne, which is actually where I stayed. We're dropping down to the three-star level now. Okay. So we're in three stars um, with Sequoia Lodge is another one. So Hotel Cheyenne is uh, kind of Toy Story, Woody and Jesse themed. The rooms are very cute. They recently redid those rooms as well to new theming. So while it is an older resort and definitely like a value style resort as far as amenities go, it was very comfortable. Um, we had, you know, a, a really lovely stay there. There was a Starbucks in the lobby. We loved that. We could grab breakfast really easily in the mornings. Um, and this is about a 20 minute walk from the parks. I will tell you, we didn't walk once. Uh, we took the buses every day, but because the buses were always late. Yeah. They have buses? They have buses. Oh, yeah. I am so excited. Yes, they have buses. They are very similar to what you know of Disney buses. Um, but I will tell you, so much more efficient <laughs> than than what I feel like. That hurts. I know. Listen, I what? love How is that world transportation. <laughs> but I will say that they are just, you know what it is, though, guys? It's just so close to the park. You're so close to the park there. All the hotels yeah. are so close that those buses are consistently running and you really never wait for them. It was beautiful, honestly. Plus in Europe, everyone walks, right? Everything that is, is true like too. Yeah. everybody does walk. Yeah. And at I the end like of the it's... day, you're doing enough walking. If you can take a bus um to save yourself, you know, a little bit of walking, you know, you can walk more in the park that day. That's how I see it. <laughs> Um, That's so then awesome. you, so we're going to drop down to Santa Fe, which is a two-star hotel. Um, and then the last one is Davy Crockett Ranch. So Santa Fe um, is a Cars-themed hotel. This is a true value resort. Honestly, though, if you're comparing it to Walt Disney World Resorts, it's below Disney World Value Resorts. It's older. Um, it doesn't have air conditioning. It is the only hotel at Disneyland Paris without air conditioning. So if you're going in the hot months, that might be something to consider. If you get overheated, it might not be the resort for you. I would jump up to um, either Sequoia Lodge or Hotel Cheyenne if you're on that you know, pricing scale side. But um, yeah, no air conditioning and also no elevators. Um, European hotels, sometimes they don't have elevators. It's, it's pretty common over there. So you don't have them at Santa Fe. You also don't have them at Hotel Cheyenne. So that is something I wanted to mention as well. Um, Now, we were at Cheyenne. It was only two stories. So the most steps that you'll do there is one flight. I do believe it's a lot like Caribbean Beach or, you know, some of your old Key West buildings. Yeah, sounds like exactly. Exactly. So accessibility, you got to be careful when you're when you're picking your resort, because that could make a difference for you with where you want to stay. 
I, I can't get over the air conditioning thing, though. So when you were there, I mean, temperature wise, what are we talking? It was really comfortable, actually. We were very comfortable. I would say um, on the warmest of days, it was like mid 70s. It was beautiful. Um, <laughs> well, not in Florida, it ain't. <laughs> And I don't know if that's uh, totally consistent through summers there. I think it can definitely get hotter than that. So mm. it is something that you want to be prepared for and check the weather before you leave. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not sure about sleeping without air conditioning. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, agree. if it's 70 during the day, I mean, so it then it's got to nice dip at night. night. So open right. up a window and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Or just pack an extra deodorant. <laughs> definitely drink deodorant that's a good one yeah so um and then davy crockett ranch i know i briefly mentioned that but that is very similar to fort wilderness cabins um which is a really cool option however there is no shuttles there and it's about a 15 minute drive from disney so while it is a, an official disneyland paris resort um it is something that unless you drive there you may not want to be that far out from the park um because you won't be able to walk. Mm-hmm. So something to think about. So, so many great options So for so many price points. And depending on what you need, you always have a good resort that you can stay in at Disneyland Paris. Can I ask real quick while we're talking about resorts about pools? Because I feel like they're a little different over there. There's some indoor. Is that correct? I believe you're right. I wish I could totally answer that. Not all of the hotels have pools. Yeah, um, I know. Obviously, you didn't go to like every single one of them, but that we don't even need yeah. to get into it here. But it's just something for, you know, people who are listening, if you're considering Disneyland Paris, to keep that in mind. Because, you know, at Disney World, yeah. not only does every hotel have a pool, it has multiple pools. So that's what we're used to over here. But over there, you got to kind of check. So very good point. Definitely a good point. Absolutely. So we got how to get there, where we're staying. We're not staying at the hotel where there's no air conditioning. We need that air conditioning. <laughs> we're spoiled here. We are we spoiled. Are. Um, but I mean, we've got, so let's go ahead and get into tickets, dining packages, because you said those were different. So break it down for us. You know, what are we looking yeah. at here? Because Brooks and I bought. I mean, we all love to eat. So <laughs> let's talk about it. What yeah. do we got? Yes. So dining plans. We have three different dining plans available here. Um, the first one is going to be just breakfast, which is a really great option if you're someone that wants flexibility to be able to just have breakfast every day and then go about your day and kind of wing it. Is a really great option. Um, now the breakfast dining plan it does include breakfast at your resort only. Um, if I believe if you want to eat at um, a character meal, I think you can use it as a credit towards your meal, but it won't cover the entire thing. So something to think about. But I will say I ate breakfast at our resort and I was very impressed. It was a very large buffet, lots of options. What you would expect from Disney, honestly, with buffets. They know how to do buffets at Disney. Phenomenal. I'll give you that much. They definitely do. <laughs> Yes. And I love breakfast, so I'm sold. That, that is interesting. That I mean, why why would they not bring it over here? That'd be a hot seller, you know. Breakfast how so how often do you guys get asked if breakfast is included? I mean, not that it's included that you'd have to add it on, but at least then people would have that option. I get asked that 
fairly often this breakfast. I get asked that often too. Yeah. 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 It's not. So <laughs> can you not can in you America? Also give us like a a kind of a average price point if you remember yes. for these. Because yes. I'm curious to see what just the breakfast one would cost. Yes. So. So I have the current pricing actually for you guys. So an adult breakfast, this is per night of your stay. So it's one breakfast meal is $33 and some change. And then for child 27. So, you know, it's a buffet. So you're, you're paying for a buffet, but like I said, it's, it's awesome. So it's brunch is what you're saying. We're going to get two meals out of this bad boy. Pretty, pretty much. Honestly, yeah. If, if you're someone that just wants to grab and go something, this isn't going to be for you. This is going to be for someone that wants a big meal to start their day off right, to be full and maybe carry them through until closer to dinner, you know, have a snack in the afternoon right? and then have a dinner later. That is, I think, what this value is going to bring to you. AKA um, me. <laughs> I will snack all day long and then have a nice meal at the end of the day somewhere nice. Yes. So for it. Absolutely. So, okay. So there's the breakfast plan. Do yes. you know some of the other plans that they offer? Yeah. So there's three in total. So you have breakfast, half board, and full board. So half board, you're going to get breakfast always included. And then you're going to be able to pick between lunch or dinner. Ooh. So, so this Sold. is where... Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> this is where it varies a little bit from Disney World. It doesn't go by like quick service, table service. It goes by meal. Um, so from what I understand, you're able to pick almost anywhere. There is some restaurants that are, you know, different situations. You're going to want to see the detailed list of all that that we can send you when you book with us for this. But um, yeah, it's really nice. So if you, you know, don't want to have a late dinner, you want to have a late lunch and still do breakfast, you have options here. It's flexible. Um, now this one's going to run you around seventy-one dollars per adult and around forty-seven per child. So very comparable, I think, to the Disney World dining plan. Honestly, per person per day, you said per correct. person per per day, correct? Right. Per night, I should say. Per night, sorry, yes. per person per night, exactly. Yeah, and then your full board is going to be three meals a day. It's going to be breakfast, lunch, dinner, and this well, that's one. That's a lot is, of eating. It's a lot of food. It's a lot of food. You have to be a big eater for this one. Um, I think most of us can all say like breakfast and dinner with like a snack in between usually does the trick when you're in the parks because you're running everywhere and you're, you know, running, riding rides and seeing the shows and um, you don't always want to stop for that many meals a day. So this kind of plan, I think would be good for someone that has a very long stay at the parks, who's going to be able to take full advantage of all of that. I think if you're doing a shorter trip, you might not want to be sitting down that much for those meals. But the longer the stay, the more time you have for that. So I just did a quick Google search to see out of curiosity how many restaurants or restaurant options are throughout Disneyland Paris. Now, these are encompassing of all, all options, whether it's a sit-down, quick service, um, grab-and-go, like on-the-go option. 75 restaurants popped up, which that's quite a few. That's let's just say there's only half of them that are included in the dining package that is a lot to choose from so you know, sign me up for that half board that's all i'm saying yes definitely yeah and i don't know because so i tell you the price sorry Calton, didn't mean to no you're fine but just so i throw that out there the full board runs you 119 so you're going from 71 to 119 per adult 
for that extra meal, um, which for a table service is definitely a good value because you will yeah. pay it. If you're, if you're paying out of pocket, you would pay that. Um, child runs you $71 and some change. So from 47 to 71 is that jump. I think we're going to have to take like two weeks off of our day jobs and, uh, <laughs> and just go, maybe, maybe only go to the park a couple of times and <laughs> let's just eat. Two oh, full you're speaking my language. Just full they have my language. They have a lot more Mickey-shaped foods. Oh. That was something that I was so excited about. What else can you shape into a Mickey head? <laughs> you can shape anything into a Mickey head. And I think that the U.S. needs to learn that and try harder. Because <laughs> I want well, I, I, yeah. it's much more fun. I have Everything seen I mean, what Texas can do. Yeah, what Texas can do with Texas-shaped food, there, I I do I will agree with you there that Disneyland <laughs> and Walt Disney World do not do their fair share of it. I mean, I mean, Mickey waffles are great, but you build theme parks and attractions, throw us a bone on the food, but yes. go ahead, Steph. Oh no, I completely agree. I mean, I always see you know on social medias and stuff, uh, and. Tokyo and all the other Asian <laughs> Disney parks and Disneyland Paris. And I'm like, why can't we get that here? <laughs> like, there's so, a giant fandom here. We would appreciate some of the love too. Um, to us. Right. Well, now we do have kind of a track record because there are a lot of things that we've talked about on here. And then all of a sudden, Disney brings it back. So. Kara said one, I said another. Yeah. So, I mean, we're kind of on a roll. I think think Bob Iger is secretly listening to not just us, but all of the Disney podcasts to get the ideas. So, maybe one day. Yeah. Yeah. The only one that's missing is Joffrey's. If you listen to our podcast, we're huge, huge advocates of trying to get Joffrey as our sponsor. They're dragging their feet on that. They they need to they need to um, get it. And Rachel, you were probably going to mention this, but one thing I find interesting about booking Disneyland Paris when it comes to dining is you can add dining, add reservations right on to your package. Like you can book hotel tickets and you know, oh, say a princess lunch or you know whatever right there as part of your main package. Yes. There's great add-on options. So I'm glad you brought that up. You can add the princess meal. You can add your character meal. You can also add some really great little excursions into the city of Paris, which is a really unique thing that I haven't seen anywhere else. Um, I mean, we don't, I haven't had any experience with the Asia parks at this point, but I just love that option um, because if you have clients that really want to go into Disneyland Paris and they, they want to see Paris a little bit, but their main focus is to be at the parks. It's a great way to safely get them to the city to see some big sites mm. along the way. Yeah, that's fantastic. So let's talk about what I'm most excited to discuss. And it's the tickets because the ticket system is different over there than it is out here. And man, oh man, do I think that it is awesome what they offer. So please Share the love. (laughs) Yeah. You get tickets added automatically to your package 
for the amount of nights that you stay. So if you're staying at Disneyland Paris for one night, you are going to automatically get two days of park tickets. Um, so they're going to assume that you're coming the day that you arrive and then the day that you check out. And then that's going to be true for the whole length of your stay. So endless park time, which is so great. You don't have to think about, oh, like how much time do we want to do? You know, it's just going to be there for you. And it's so flexible in that way. I know I have really recommended to my clients that they make Disneyland Paris their home base on their trips. Um, and I've had a few people do this now where they'll stay at Disneyland Paris and they know they want to go see the Eiffel Tower. They know they want to go to the Louvre and go to all these other places. But when you stay at Disneyland Paris, you get a park ticket for the entire length of your stay. So, you know, if they decide they wake up one day and they're like, oh, I think we're going to do the Louvre today. They can go catch the train and do that and then come back and see the fireworks that night. Mm. Um, or they could, you know, do a half day here, half day there, um, and kind of do things more on the fly, which I know a lot of clients um, of ours really love flexibility. So mm -hmm. it gives you that option. And I always find it interesting because obviously one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing when anybody plans a trip is budget. And um, the way they do it. And I, I love it too. I absolutely love, Oh, okay. Three nights. You got four days of tickets. Like I love that they do it that way, but I have had people say, okay, well, we want to do three nights, but we want to do two days of tickets thinking they're going to save money. But then I, I'm like, okay. And I do just the hotel and then just the tickets. And it ends up being either the same or more to do that. It, it's always a better deal or almost always to do just the way they do it and just take the tickets they give you. 100%. Yeah. 100% right on that. Mm -hmm. I have had many times that I have quoted and I've had people say those exact same things. And it's always true yeah. for me that it ends up being extremely more. Mm -hmm. The way that they bundle for us yeah. these tickets and these rooms, it really is 100% the best value yeah. to just it's, do it. So even if you waste park tickets, just yeah. know that you're still saving yourself money at the end right. of the day and it's the way to go. Right. It's like, it's like a built-in deal. It literally is a package deal. Like when you think of a package, you think, okay, if we bundle it, is it better? In this case, yes. They, that's how they work it over there. And it's right. It's also great. You're not feeling like, oh God, we got to fit this all in because we've only got, you know, two days of tickets or whatever. It's like, no, you've got time. You don't have to worry about getting your money's worth because you're getting, you're getting the better deal, whether you spend the three days or the four days or, you know, whatever it is, the tickets that you get. Yeah. I love that they do it that way. Agreed. I also loved, and th this is becoming less of a thing now, uh, because, um, well at Disney world anyway, um, park reservations, the one thing I was so jealous of at, in Paris is if you stay at a Disneyland Paris resort, you did not have to make park reservations, which now in mm -hmm. Disney World, you don't have to next year if you have date-based tickets. Disneyland, you do. Disneyland out in California, you do still have to make park reservations. So I think that's great to know that when you go to Disneyland Paris, you don't if you're staying on property. They make it easy and flexible. I love it. I was like, please bring that here. <laughs> so for the sake of time, I think let's dive into the parks. What do the parks have to offer that we don't have here other than more Mickey shaped food, of course, but um, <laughs> so I'm dying to hear about your experiences and what were some of those wow factors? Because when Michael Eisner decide 
uh, designed this or decided to go ahead with this park in, you know, 1980s, 1990s. His goal was for this to be the most beautiful park in the world. And if that's, you know, if there's anything to be said, you know, Disney does things very pretty. Everything is has intention, is very well thought out. So to make this park specifically be romantic and encompass that culture in Paris, I just want to hear what, you know, what were some of the most shocking things for you? What are some of the biggest difference? What do they offer there that we don't have here? Um, so yeah, walk us through. <laughs> I love that you just described it with the romantic aspect because a hundred percent, it is beautiful. It is a beautiful park that, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you guys that castle at Disneyland is a hundred percent the main reason that I have wanted to go to this park for years. I think it is the prettiest castle. Um, I now have a sculpture of it on my desk sitting next to me right now because that was my favorite souvenir I brought home. I just think this castle is gorgeous to look at and there's little square trees next to it. Um, there's actually a dragon under the castle that you can go and visit, which is super cool. <laughs> You're actually like in a cave with this dragon. Um, it's just super unique and and gorgeous everywhere you turn. And I really felt like there was a lot of little areas that you could kind of escape to um, that were just so scenic. You had Skull Rock, um, which was beautiful with the water pouring through it. And you could actually climb inside of Skull Rock um, and look out to the park. And just honestly, there was many moments in, on this trip that I just stood around the park as like the sun was setting. And I just looked around and I was just taking it all in because it was definitely so well thought out how everything was placed. And um, it, it's hard to describe until you see it for yourself. So I just recommend that everybody does that. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but yeah, there's so many rides that are very unique to Disneyland Paris. And there's also a lot of familiar rides. And the, a lot of the familiar rides have a little twist to them um, because it's Europe. So everything's a little newer because this park opened in, we said 92, right? 1992. Yeah. So, um, oh gosh, my favorite ride that I was looking forward to the absolute most was Phantom Manor, which is the haunted mansion version, uh, that Disneyland Paris has. Um, and it did not disappoint. Mm. <laughs> I've heard from so many people that it was amazing. Um, it felt a little shorter, than what I was used to at Disney World, but just the story through that ride, through that attraction, and the animatronics that are in it are so different and a little scarier mm. in the best way. Um, and that was my favorite. Absolutely. I want to ride it 10 more times. <laughs> and you, before we came on, you confirmed for me uh, that the Space Mountain in, Par in Disneyland Paris goes upside down. Yeah, which is the only I think the only space mountain that does that. Uh, what I really want to do in Disneyland Paris is Thunder Mountain that goes under the water, right? To you because it's like on an island. You board it and then it goes under the water and then it takes place on an an island. I love that. I believe you are right. I am not a coaster girl. Mm. <laughs> I get so nauseous with drops, so I am very particular with the um, type of thrill rides that I do. Um, but my husband was with me and he, I mean, I can definitely confirm the hyperspace mountain. He loved that mm. ride. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. It is star Wars themed. Um, so you can't beat that. It's a fun, 
overlay to what we're used to here. Um, and then you also have Crush's Coaster. That is a super unique ride at, um, well, this now I should say this is over in Walt Disney Studios Park. I'm jumping around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the two parks. There's definitely unique rides at both. Um, but Crush's Coaster, I, I think, is one of the really big rides that people look forward to at Paris because it is the only one. Um, and you sit in a turtle shell and it spins really unique ways and goes on this roller coaster track. So it's definitely one not to miss. So I'm hoping I'm looking at a newer, I don't know if this is a newer map or not, but I'm trying to find all the different lands because you're talking about a lot of rides that are same, same, but different because they have their own storyline. Um, and but at the same time to, to make Disneyland Paris unique in its own way. Um, so some of the lands that I can see, correct me if I'm wrong, they do have Adventureland, they do have Frontierland, they do have Main Street, they have Discoveryland, and they have Fantasyland. Is that correct? Yes, I believe it's just those five, right? Yeah. So it's Six. very similar. Five. Six? Yeah. The- five, 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 yeah. Math. <laughs> I know. <laughs> can't, can't do it quick. <laughs> yeah, I... I think it really shadows so much of what we're used to with Disneyland Park in California and also Magic Kingdom over in Disney World. It It's very similar in a lot of ways. A lot of the rides are very similar, especially, I think, to Disneyland in California because you have a lot of classic rides um, all in French, mm. <laughs> which is always fun to hear. It's a little different. You have like the Snow White Scary Adventurers um, and you have Peter Pan and um, all that over in Fantasyland, which it's really great that they have so many classic attractions there because Disney world has done a lot of changes over the years to update that park and kind of change things around. And you kind of get a mix of the traditional and the new at Disneyland Paris. Nice. And so, so. you just mentioned um, just something that I want to, I thought of, is it, everything's in French obviously, but is it mostly everything is in English too? So it really depends on what we're talking about. I feel like a lot of the rides kind of have a little bit of both, okay. which is always kind of weird, like, because you're listening and you're like, huh, <laughs> you know, and for those who are familiar with the the U.S. parks, like, and you go on the same ride, for example, you're like, okay, I think I know what's happening. Here. <laughs> it's always <laughs> like, like, like signage <laughs> and that kind of thing, like when you're trying to find yes. your way around and like the maps and all of that. Yes, that was very clear. I had absolutely no problem finding my way around, even though a lot of it was in French. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no trouble. And I would say that most of the cast members there also speak English, Mm -hmm. Um, even if some of them are a little bit more broken. Mm -hmm. um, You you can definitely communicate very well there, um, even if you don't know French. And knowing a little bit of French goes a long way. So I think it's always nice to teach yourself and learn a little bit before you go. Mm -hmm. And especially out of courtesy, you know, being able to say greetings and such um, yeah. in French goes a long way just to show respect to the French people. Yeah. So Ouais, well, la salle which is yeah. where is the bathroom? <laughs> yes. Well, I can, I mean, I can attest to that because when, so summer at Walt Disney World was always, you know, really big with the Brazilian tour groups that would come up. And a, a lot of, you know, South American families would come up, up about that time. And it, it, it always started off better, you know, they'd start, they'd greet you, you know, in English and know a little key phrases, but they, you know, cause it does, it makes you feel just a little bit better on the cast member side of things. So I agree. That's a very valid point. 
Um, And just as I'm thinking of it, because we're getting, getting close here to our time, but um, the app and the uh, fast pass system, I don't even know if it's, it's not called fast pass, right? What is it called? How does that work over there? Yes, it is. There's so there's two different versions actually. Mm-hmm. So you have some flexibility. It's um, Disney's Premier Access Premier. is what they call it there. Um, now you have Disney Premier As- Access One, mm-hmm. which um, is going to be your individual ride option. So while you're in the park, this is what I did personally. Mm-hmm. While you're in the park, you can pick one ride at a time, and you can pay as you go per ride. Um, and um, get into their like equivalent of the fast pass line um, for that. So they run usually five to 15 euros per ride. Um, and then you have the ultimate option, which is going to be more of your unlimited option. This is something that you can do in advance, um, or you can decide to buy it day of as long as it's available on the app. I'm sure on popular days, holidays and such, it probably sells out. Mm. So it is something that you want to think about adding to your packages in advance. Um, But this one, you can ride each ride once, um, but you are not on a set schedule. So you can go into the line at any time. And it runs about 90 to 190 euros. So it can get pricey during the busy months. Um, Think of it almost like a universal fast pass. Mm. um, Like express Express pass. pass, Yeah. That's what it reminds me of is um, a little bit more flexible. You're paying for it definitely. But, you know, if you really want that full experience where you don't have to wait for anything, um, especially during busy months, I think that is the way to go. Um, You know, I will say when we were there, we picked the access one option simply because it was not that busy. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised at, at how little we waited for most rides. I think on average, um, it was walk on to maybe 40 minutes at most. Um, and the only um, ride that I think we ended up paying for, especially like the one day I'm thinking, um, the Spider-Man web adventure, the web slingers, mm. we um, did end up paying for that. And I want to say it was around 12 euros per person. Um, but that line was at a 55 minute wait. Um, and while I was there, I'd say there was only a couple rides that had that long of a wait time. Um, most of them were lower. So, you know, I'm sure that varies different times of the year, just as all Disney parks do. Um, but it is definitely more of a locals park and um, kind of like think, Disneyland, California that way. Yeah. Day to day. It's mm-hmm. really, I think, manageable when it comes to the line times. And, um, you know, I think that it's, it's easy peasy once you get used to the system and you know what yeah. you're doing walking around. So is it, um, cause I noticed when I was in Disneyland that, you know, we were also there in August and it's a relatively low time to go, but then it got much more crowded in the evenings with the locals. Yes. I think I'd agree with that because firework time was mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say they have such a unique nighttime show. They have mm. a oh, um, those drones a- for the 30th. Oh God, so that's cool. unbelievable. That is definitely one of the most unique things I've ever seen. I wish and they would bring that over here. It's unlike anything that we have mm. in the States. 
Yeah. These drones go up in the sky. I took so many videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. They they do this quick, like it's like a 10 minute or so drone show before Disney dreams start, which is the main firework show of the evening. And I will tell you that people start lining up early. Mm-hmm. You want to line up a couple hours early for the show because it gets crowded up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we went up about an hour before and got a pretty good spot. We weren't super close, but we weren't too far back, mm-hmm. but it just packed in there. Yeah. Um, before it started because everyone wants to see that show at night. It mm-hmm. is beautiful and it is so worth your time to see. So mm-hmm. definitely you don't want to miss it. So one more thing I've thought of um, characters. Are they just kind of walking around? I did not see that. Okay. So I don't believe so. It's not, um, it's not the normal. I think, think of it a little bit more like Disney world okay. where you're going to want to plan okay. to see the characters. You're not going to see that many of them, um, if at all walking mm-hmm. around during the day. Um, so, you know, you're going to want to look at the app and make sure you're checking where your favorite characters are meeting and greeting so that you can get in those lines and, um, be prepared for that. Perfect. Good to know. So we've touched a lot on Disneyland Paris. Um, anything to say about Walt Disney Studios Park? Yeah, I mean, very different park, but at the same time, for someone that visits the U.S. parks often, very comparable in a lot of ways. You have Toy Story Land there, which um, is an older version. They were actually the original Toy Story Land. Disney World definitely copied them a little bit with this um, particular land. Um, and the rides are a little different. They have a slinky dog, but instead of a roller coaster, it's, I don't know what you call that kind of track, but it goes around in a circle and it kind of goes up and down. Like it's not a coaster, but it's, it's almost like an amusement, um, ride from like a fair Mm. or something like that. Um, and that's kind of what a lot of those rides felt like, um, in that area, they had like a parachute ride that, um, is almost like a mini tower of terror where it goes up and down. So um, a very cute area in that park, but a little different than what we're used to in Disney World. Um, and then they have the um, whole Marvel area, which um, is really, really great. I think that was a great addition to that park um, and much needed. They have the Spider-Man web adventure. They also have the Avenger Assemble Flight Force, which is their roller coaster that replaced Rock and Roller Coaster a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think a pretty similar ride track. Again, I am not a coaster girly, so mm-hmm. I did not go on that ride. But um, definitely a really cool area if you are a Marvel fan. Nice. I definitely have a lot of emphasis on Marvel over there. Not that there's not Marvel stuff here, but you know, Disneyland just got their Avengers Campus. Disney World doesn't have one yet, just Guardians and I don't know. I'm spacing. I don't really think much else. But then you go to Disneyland Paris, they have a whole hotel theme. They have now this Avengers campus. Um, I've seen the dr- the, dr- blah, 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 the drone um, show that they've got, and they do so many Marvel things, too, for that, if I remember correctly from what I've seen. Um, so they do a lot of tribute to Marvel, which I think is really cool. So for Marvel fans, this is definitely something that they want to put on their bucket list, I think. For sure. But then you also have your classics over there, too. You still have the Tower of Terror. The original Tower of Terror is there, which is um, really fun to see when you first walk in. And, um, you know, it's definitely a unique park, but not as large as Disneyland. So it's definitely something that you can do in a little bit shorter time, I think, than the Disneyland park. 
but overall, you know, I, I think before I went on this trip, I had a lot of people telling me like, oh, you can do Disneyland Paris in a day. Oh, you can do it in two days. That is such a lie. <laughs> well, why would you want to? That, yeah. that's, that's my thing. It's even for Disneyland California, people are like, oh, you only need a couple days. I'm like, no, we do five days yeah. and I want to stay longer. Yes. There's so much to see and so much to do. If you really want to do all those parks, I was there for three days and I still did not see everything that I wanted to see. There's so many shows and there's so many rides and, um, you know, you have to think too with rain. Sometimes when Mm -hmm. it rains, we did get a little bit of that while I was there. Certain things will close and close to firework time. A lot of the fantasy land rides close, um, as they're preparing for fireworks. So there's little things to consider in your timeline where you're like, Oh no, I didn't get to ride this yet. Or, you know, I, I kind of left being like, Oh, I could, I could have really done at least two more days mm. um, to feel like I really did as much as I wanted to do. So definitely consider more time than less when you're planning your trip to Zealand Paris. Cause yeah, you don't want to miss out. Yeah. What about the parade over there? I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about the parade. So it's please so enlighten us. <laughs> it's so good. So it's called Disney Stars on Parade. And compare it to Festival of Fantasy, it is a completely different parade, but it has the similar vibe. It's very like whimsical and magical. And you have so many of your major characters in it. And um, oh my gosh, it's just beautiful. And the energy on Main Street when that's coming down, you can't miss that parade. It's their midday parade. So check the app for the time every day to make sure you know when it's happening. Um, but it is beautiful and the floats are larger than life and um, incredible. Just so good. Well, I've seen like pictures and some videos and stuff and it just, it just seems so vibrant. Not that what we have here isn't, but it just takes it to a whole other level, especially with the detail with the, you know, the costumes that each of the characters wear and sport and everything. And it just seems like, straight out of a dream and I'm pretty sure that might be what they were going for so (laughs) definitely I think what they were going for definitely that's the number one parade that you can't miss while you're at Disneyland Paris oh my gosh I'm I'm sold I've been sold I was just gonna say who's ready let's go Mm -hmm. get on a plane so allons-y as they say let's go (laughs) (laughs) so is there anything else that you feel that you want to share with us? I know you had all these notes and you had such an amazing experience and we're just dying to to join you on your next trip. But <laughs> is there anything else that you feel like we we should know that our audience would benefit from knowing? Good question. Um, couple couple random notes. I'm going to like kind of shoot off a couple random things quickly for you guys. So there is no paper maps in hmm. Disneyland Paris. And I will say their entire recycling kind of system there is very impressive. They do not waste things there. Um, and I loved that. They, they really do such a good job. So that being said, you're going to want to bring your portable chargers because, uh, there is so much time that you're going to be wanting to look at your phone just to understand where you're going when you're new to the park. They do have some great portable charger options that you can either rent or purchase while you're in the park. They have these cool little towers that are near the most of the bathrooms um, that you can pick one up. So, um, if you didn't bring one, they got you covered. They think of everything. Mm -hmm. They really do. Um, tipping, um, is not really a thing. Um, so they pay their servers a living wage in, in France. So when you're going over your budget, 
that's something that, you know, you don't need to really worry about. Of course, exceptional service, you can always leave something, um, but it is never um, expected while you're there in the parks. Excellent. Um, Yes. Um, Let's see. The train. I know I briefly mentioned this earlier and I just wanted to throw it out again Um, because obviously when you're in Paris, you want to see everything. Mm. I mean, there's just so much you want to see more besides the parks. Um, and Disneyland Paris makes that so convenient for you because literally at the front gate of the parks, there is a train station and this train station will take you directly into the city of Paris. So whether you're coming from Paris, if you are spending the first part of your trip in the city, and then you want to go to the parks at the end or the opposite, you have an option. Um, It was only about five euros to get um, from that train into the city. We took a route that took us to the Arc of Triumph and um, we walked to the Eiffel Tower from there. We then took a tour to go see Versailles. There's so much to do in Paris. So don't feel like um, you won't know how to get around because they do make public transportation really accessible for you. Um, And you can go literally right from the park. So you take the bus from your hotel or walk from your hotel to the entrance and jump on the train and you're good to go. In about an hour, you'll be in the city. So that's amazing. That is amazing. Awesome. I love it. Anything more? Because we eat up tips here. Like it's nobody's <laughs> business. <laughs> I give you tips for hours and hours and hours and hours. But I think at the end of the day, I am going to save all my other little notes and um, say that, uh, you know, when you book with fairy tale journeys, you're booking with people that um, are passionate about what we do. And um, we are going to give you all of these tips and more to make sure that you have the best trip ever to Disneyland Paris. So um, I think that's where I'll leave it today. Yeah. Thanks well, I mean, so much. Yeah, thank you. You bring up a valid point, though, when it comes to when when you book with an FGJ agent, you know, we may not know the direct answers, but within a group of what we have, like 250 ish of us, somebody in the agency is going to know the answers. So that's, what's kind of nice about all of this. So now we have our connection to Disneyland Paris. You've got all the answers. It's going to be great. So hopefully we can, uh, anybody listening out there who wants to go to, Disneyland Paris. Rachel Turley is your agent. Get her on, get on that. So, (laughs) well, uh, I kind of think that's gonna, we've hit the hour mark in this. And I wasn't sure how this one was going to go, but we definitely filled it and probably could have talked for, I don't know, six more hours. (laughs) Easily. So, (laughs) very good. Uh, So, don't forget to all of our listeners out there to join us on Facebook in our Mouse Ears podcast Facebook group. And if you're an Instagram user, you can join us out there on the Mouse Ears blog for all the latest and greatest uh, news and any episode details. Uh, If you're interested in having any of our agents book your next trip, you can visit us at fairytalejourneystravel.com. Uh, so Rachel, this is what we talked about a little bit before. So we'll go around and, uh, Kara, why don't you, uh, God, this is your plug. Go ahead, drop it in. <laughs> you can find me, <clears throat> excuse me. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, fairy tale journeys by Kara, Kara with a K and also on TikTok, Diz Kara, D I S underscore Kara. Very good. Uh, Steph, go ahead. 
You can find me on Instagram at FTJ by Stephanie PG or on Facebook at Fairytale Journeys by Stephanie Pratt-Gentile. Excellent. Rachel, where can our listeners find you? Yes, I am on pretty much every platform, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, and all of my handles are the same. You can find me at Magical World of Rachel. You have a YouTube page too? I do. Oh, very nice. In recent years, I've been kind of jumping over to TikTok more because it's a little bit more doable with my schedule. But I do love YouTube. Uh, who doesn't? Uh, so I'm on Facebook at Fairytale Journeys by Kelton and Instagram and TikTok at FTJ Travel by Kelton. Um, lastly, if you enjoy listening to us ramble on about great Disney topics, we'd love for you guys to leave us a review wherever you listen to us. So we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And I believe there's more coming down the line so look out for that uh until next episode thank you everybody and y'all have a great evening bye everyone bye bye